One, two, three. Dad without a dad production. Hey everybody, and welcome to Dad Without a Dad. That is Dad Without a Dad. My name is Jose de la Roca, and you can follow me everywhere at Mr. Jose de la Roca. That is at Mr. Jose de la Roca. And unfortunately today, Andy is not here. He needed to have a couple days off. And we actually have a pretty surprise, not a pretty surprise, we have a surprise for you guys uh, coming up. Especially because it involves Andy and I maybe getting together finally after I think three years since we met. But today I have an amazing, amazing uh, guest. Uh, we actually met online, just like everybody else is doing nowadays. Uh, and I wanted to see if he wanted to stop by the podcast and talk about not only about becoming a dad, but also I think I'm going to have so many questions to Dean because he has so many things going on for himself, including one that I'm looking at right now. So uh, just full disclosure, my girl is not here right now. So my son is in my other room and my beautiful dog is under me. So they may be a little weird noises and maybe weird pauses for me uh, because I'm going to have to be checking on both of these guys, thing one and thing two. But I just want to give a big welcome to Dean. So how are you, man? Thanks for stopping by. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. So can you tell uh, people a little bit about yourself? Because, I mean, is there anything you don't do at this point? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess maybe the Adam Ant song, Don't Drink, Don't Smoke, What Do You Do? Um, let me think. So um, I am a veterinarian. I am a cartoonist. I'm a writer. I'm an illustrator. Um, I, I have several books out, and uh, oh gosh, I don't know um, what else. I'm always so hard to always so hard to talk about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry about it. That's why you're here to train and you know to talk more about you. But so you pay the bills by being a vet, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, and how long you been uh, a vet? A veterinarian, um, it's been 30, let's know, uh, 28 years. 28 years. So, first yeah. of all, I have so many questions there because <laughs> you know what? Uh, so, once we decided we were going to become parents again, because I don't know <laughs> if you agree with me, but after having Bluey for a month and a half, mm -hmm. having a puppy is exactly, if, if not harder than having a newborn. Is, uh, do you agree with this? I mean, you probably know more than anybody. Yes, comparing the two. So when we had our first daughter, I would say, yes, they're comparable. When you add the second child, it's like the workload quadruples. You know, so it, it gets beyond being just even having the new, pup, uh, new puppy and stuff like that. Um, but at least the puppies grow up faster. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because nope. I feel I nope. feel like this two months have been like <laughs> five years. I I don't I don't know if it's because my girl uh when she, uh when we had our beautiful wonderful son, my girl mm -hmm. uh had to like um well she was breastfeeding, so there was nothing for me to literally do at night, right? So I slept right. through the night. But with this puppy, it's like I had to wake up at two, then I had mm -hmm. somebody has to wake up at six. And mm. I haven't slept. And I'm one of those guys that if I don't sleep well, I have a bad day. So it's like um, maybe you, you know, you were more uh, of a better dad than I was. And I, you had to wake up, you know, every two hours as well, especially with the first one or the second one. But I, I, I don't know. I felt that, you know, even though I always tell people I didn't want to be a dad, I guess I was so prepared to be a dad that it was easy. It has been easy. Of course, mm -hmm. what I mean easy for, for me, right? But it's been hard, like, uh, especially, uh, uh, you know, when he, like right now, if my son coughs, I get a heart attack, right? Like, it's like one of those things, like, but if she, but if my dog, if Bluey coughs, I'm like, she ate something, whatever. Uh, but you know what? It's been like training and tr 
trying for her to do something or for her to eat. I mean, it. We had to change her food three uh -huh. times already. And <laughs> and and let me tell you something. You're a vet, so you could give me all yeah. the advices. I, I of... have. I already have some advice for you. <laughs> okay, so let me put it this way. So, uh, um, uh, Dari told us that our cocker spaniel is going to be a stubborn girl, right? And um, I I don't know if I could call them bitches, but this bitch man, ah, like, oh my god. <laughs> so, um. So we brought her home and we went to Petco and they're like, oh, she's having Purina. So uh, she shouldn't be eating this. So why don't you give her Merrick's? And I'm like, all right, is that what you, you think is best? They're like, yeah. <laughs> right now she's eating something. She's looking at the window. Yes. And yes. then I'm like, um, Merrick's <laughs> and then I'm like, all right. So uh, so we're going to transition her. And once we started, like uh, uh, we had her, you know, with pedigree for a whole week. And then we started putting uh, the Merricks into the new food. And out of nowhere, she didn't like the food, right? And then she didn't want to eat it. I was like, I didn't, I was like, first I was like the caring parent. I was like, come on, baby, eat. Please eat. <laughs> I will, There were times that I would pretend that I was eating it with a spoon for her to eat it. And she would not eat it. Then we changed it. They were like, you know what? Maybe she doesn't like the chicken Merricks. Why don't you try the the beef, Merricks? All right, mm -hmm. so we went and switched that to um to the beef, and she kind of was like the same. Then I went to the vet finally, and she's like, "Ah, you should give her a different one. Why don't you try a, a science diet?" And I'm like, "You know what? Let's do it. Why not?" Uh, mm -hmm. But this is it. I mean, a third time is the charm, and same the same thing. I have a video where. She literally barks at her food. She barks. Yep. She gets mad. And then <laughs> uh, so I discovered that now um, I only feed her when we're eating because we have a small apartment right here. So if he sees us eat, she would I will give her food. Of course, she will get mad, start barking at us because it's not what we're eating because she could smell it. And mm -hmm. then uh, I will literally take out her food, go to the kitchen, pretend I'm eating her food for her to get more mad and finally put the food down. She would like eat one, go to her uh, her crib, come and get another one, go to her crib, yeah. and it's going crazy. Okay, so I decided to, you know what? I'm just going to, uh, like the vet said, if you don't want to eat, take it away. So I started doing that for a couple of days, right? And then yesterday, yesterday she, uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to feed her until we eat. And we ate like around 12. We were going to eat around 12. About 11.30... I see Bluey going, uh, 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 oh, oh no! <laughs> and then I'm like, is she puking? And then I see to her towel, and she had already puked on her towel, and she's trying to take something more out. And I'm like, oh my god! And I'm thinking she ate something. She probably ate a fly. Even though I'm like looking at her 24/7, trying to take everything that she gets from. I don't know where she gets all this stuff. I literally clean every day. I'm one of those like super strict parents. Huh? I take care of her and I'm like, did she eat something? And then she started puking, right? So she puked again and uh, she puked this like yellow thing. And I'm like, oh, poor baby. Uh, what is wrong with her? I called the vet and the vet says like, ah, oh, just give her chicken and rice. And I'm like, but I've been trying for her to eat her food. Isn't right. this going to like, she's like, no, nah, if you do it at one time, it's fine. So of course I go to Google and I type uh, yellow foam, uh, puppies and then and then everything that i read said that the yellow foam or yellow liquid that comes out is because the puppy has been hungry for such a long time that the liver creates that and they puke that out and then i got so mad because if you think about it this girl doesn't want to eat is so hungry and then she pukes that and she right. makes me feel like a piece of shit because she doesn't <laughs> want to eat. I was like, what the? And you know what I did? I just cooked a little bit of rice and put it on her food, and now she loves it. But, okay, Mr. Vet, so, can you give me some <laughs> advice there? Or was it was it really I, that? <laughs> let, let me help you. <laughs> I will tell you what I tell all my clients. <laughs> Pick a food, dry food, preferably, and just give that to them. I will show you now the tale of my dog, Zip. Zip 
was 15 and we had him for 15 years when he was under a year of age and he was kind of a wolfhound mix. And when he was under a year of age, he did the same thing that, that your dog was doing, which he would skip a meal. He would sometimes go two or three days without eating. And I was like, you're a weirdo. And I'm going to say he's a, he's 15 years. He was a weirdo. So just, just, okay. But you know, when they're a year, under a year old you're like what is wrong with you he ate what i call like a poodle so a lot of little dogs will eat this way they will skip meals and stuff like that now if i were inclined to i would change his food but i was not inclined to because here the nice thing about dogs the lovely thing about dogs is they will eat whatever you give them even if they're not excited about it so unless they are ill just pick a food give it to them Maybe leave it down. Don't feed meals. Just leave it down for them to, you know, eat as they want. Um, but uh, yeah, they will. They will never starve themselves. So I, I've I've had a lot of clients who do that same thing, where they're six months down the road and they've changed the food six times. And uh, my my job is to make clients' life easier. So, you know, I tend to say, nah, don't fall for that trap. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like uh, again, uh, I got the dog because my son wanted to have a dog, just like any kid wants to have a pet. And I knew it was going to be a lot of responsibility, so we prepared for a whole year. I even made him, like, uh, uh, recycle so he could save some money, and he did it. So uh, now that the pandemic was here and he was going to stay another year here at home, I said, mm -hmm. my son, it's the best in the world, and he deserves a puppy. So we started, you know, the process. So as you heard in the previous podcast, we finally got a Cocker Spaniel and it was family approved and everything. And I'm a caring guy, so I care for the little puppy. But at some point, I'm like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you know, like, what the hell, man? Like, I've been doing all this. But, you know, yeah. uh, our neighbor is a vet, too. And she said the same thing like you and the other vet. It's like, they don't want to eat. Just leave it there, you know, like, or take it away. Sure. And then, but then yesterday, like, I don't know if she knew that I, I have a soft spot for sickness mm -hmm. and then I, and she puked and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing wrong? Man? I'm going to kill her. But thanks. You get the out and you start cooking up. <laughs> I So, yeah. So uh, so now my question is now she's yep. eating because I put a little bit of rice. Mm -hmm. Do I continue that or at some point? Mm -hmm. do it... You don't need to. Um, so that's the other thing that happens is uh, sometimes. I will guarantee you, your dog will love the fact that you jazz up the food. They'll love it, but they don't need it. And the thing is, what will happen is, yeah, the rice will be fine for a while. Then they'll want, can you put a little sprig of the parsley on the side? I really like that, you know. And the next thing you know, you're, you've got like recipes and stuff like that. And, and my, my opinion, I, again, I love dogs because they're such simple creatures. Just give them the, the dry food, whichever one that fits your price range. And you, and you go, there you go. And you walk away. And they'll they'll eat. They'll eat fine. They'll grow. Um, so. so I think the first uh, mistake I did was overall, because, you know, when I went to the breeder, the breeder was giving her pedigree, right? So sure. I guess the first mistake uh, I did as a pet owner, as a dog owner, um, is to go to a department store and ask if <laughs> uh, uh, if I should give this one to my dog. Because if I right. would have came to you <laughs> or my neighbor or the vet and said, hey, can I still give her pedigree? You guys would have said, yeah, why not? And I think I wouldn't be having this problem because she was eating pedigree like it was, you know, sirloin gotcha. steak, you know. So my first right. mistake was to say, I want to give her the best. So let's buy Merrick's, which is so fucking right. expensive. And now she <laughs> hates it. So she liked the, the cheap shit. <laughs> uh, uh, Dumbass well, me. Everyone has their preference. Everyone has their opinion about food. My opinion is this. If they eat it and they poop normal, you're golden. You, you, go, you go with that forever. But look, I always, like I told the vet when I, when I went to her, And like I told my my son's teacher last year, you guys are the professionals. I'm like, I don't want nobody to come and tell me how to record a podcast or uh, do audio editing for USC or tune in. But I'm mm -hmm. not going to come to you 
and say, no, I'm supposed to give him fucking merits because the, pet, <laughs> the 15 year old guy at Petco told me to, you know, like this is stupid. You guys went to school. You pay good money for great education. You guys really? know more, more than I do. We come to you and pay good money to take care of our dog. So why wouldn't I say, okay, you know what I mean? Like, so for example, she was like, you could have gave her pedigree. I would have been like, well, fuck it. The doctor said it. Let's do it. <laughs> Who gives a shit, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, uh, the feeding our dogs is probably the most overthought thing clients do. And I try to simplify things for people. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I like because uh, uh, she said that the vet said that uh, 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 it's a hills or science diet that uh, we're going that they even have a, um, a food specified for Cocker Spaniels. So. I think we're staying no. with that one, and sorry, Bluey, you either going to eat it or you're going to eat it, or now yep. I know if she throws up yellow stuff, I don't care. She'll, she'll, she'll eat it. She'll eat it. <laughs> she'll play you, but she'll eat it. <laughs> now, what do you think about Cocker Spaniels? Any recommendation? As a, she's biting a lot, and uh, I have trained her a little bit. Uh, uh, actually, a lot, because I like to dedicate my time to people that i love so she already knows how to sit she knows her name she knows how to like uh, play the touch game she knows how to go outside which i don't know if she needs to go right now uh she doesn't pee in the house we opened the house already for her uh and things like that but she still has the, the biting and of course my son gets all afraid and is it true that it stays forever and is it true that i need to take her to a professional for classes well I tend to recommend you at least go for the six to eight week puppy course, you know, that most anybody can do. There's, those things you're doing are, are excellent. That's what you should do in your own household. You have to set your house rules, so to speak. But I think people um, don't quite get that uh, psychologically for dogs. Um, there's a bit of self-esteem that comes with the, that, those puppy courses. And even if they're three years old and they haven't ever been to a training thing and they need training, sometimes just revisiting that helps. Um, the biting in particular is how puppies play with each other. So it's a natural behavior. So, uh, everyone's got their, their trick. Uh, but normally what I tell people is substitute a toy for your hand. And also if that doesn't really quite work, you can hold their mouth closed and you're not, you know, you're not you're hurting them. Now they will yelp sometimes cause they're like, Oh, I don't like that. Stop it. Um, but you can kind of just close their mouth, tell them no. And then, you know, and, the smarter the dog, the faster they will get what you're doing. Oh. Like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. However, everyone needs to do it also because they'll learn, ooh, I can chew on this one. This one over here doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, she's very smart. Um, I think that's the reason um, why she threw up because she probably knew it's like, hey, I know how to get this fucker to give me rice. So. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, I, I, I've been doing everything that YouTube and you guys are saying, so hopefully we get a good puppy. It's been yeah. tough, uh, but, you know, like I always said, nobody told me to get a puppy, but so suck right. it up and, and do right. it. So thank you very much, you know, like uh, for everything. And then since you went to vet school, you're a great vet. And when did yeah. you decided to, when did you find out that you wanted to start doing cartoons? Oh, my gosh. So actually, cartooning started before vet school. And it was kind of as a lark because I had never drawn anything before. And I was at a veterinary clinic prior to vet school. Um, and uh, for some re whatever reason in my brain, I said, oh, it'd be fun to just draw some things that were reminiscent of the year that I was there. So I did about 12 cartoons and uh, Dr. Webb, he was in San Jose, California. He uh, he loved them. He just thought that was great. And then um, uh, I continued doing cartoons in whatever setting I was at because uh, in different because I had a, another year before I got into vet school. And uh, and then through vet school, it almost became therapy to do the cartoons. And then um, and then the cartooning um, just became kind of what I was known for, I guess, <laughs> it was, which is weird because it was never planned. It was just something I did. Um, but the thing is, too, uh, it actually 
I generated it into a, a thing because I don't know how much you know about veterinary medicine, but it's not the easiest thing for anybody to take on. Um, and I identified a lot of uh, flaws in the system, so to speak, or the stressors in the system. And the first two books I did were actually um, are geared towards uh, pre-vet people and veterinary students and stuff like that, because the they're kind of like primers with humor for what vet school's like. And uh, granted, there's a lot of uh, honesty in the cartoons, but I also think they're funny, you know, because I, I like to have both of those things, you know. I don't want to be the pedantic, you know, uh, you know, person, you know, talking about the flaws in the system and stuff like that without it being funny. Got to be something in there. And I, I just think, uh, and people have enjoyed those two books in particular so much. I mean, I have I have actually gotten more thanks through those books and those that cartooning than anything I've done in veterinary medicine. I mean, it's 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 been nice. It's been it's it's nice to be able to know that you've helped alleviate some people with their stress, even for that moment that they're just laughing at something. You know. Um, well, I gotta tell you something. Um, uh, it didn't dawn on me until uh, recently about vets. Because if you think about it, most of us, I want to say 80% of the population says vet. <laughs> and we think about, you know, dogs and cats, right? And sure. then um, my niece, who I love with all my heart and everything, but she's a little weird. She got a, a bearded <laughs> dragon, right? And when she got it, I was like, what the, are you okay? Uh, I mean, whatever. <laughs> she wanted a bearded dragon and she got one. Sure. And then she started talking about going to the vet for him and that's right. when it dawned on me that mm -hmm. jesus christ a doctor has to deal with a human right like there's right. one species of right. a human you guys what the fuck i mean right. you people I, I, are you people had to deal with i don't know how many fucking species oh my god how does this <laughs> jesus like that's a lot well so um i have personally done hamsters to horses and at some point you realize you have to narrow the field because it's just too much you, you just can't no one's james harriet anymore there's just even james harriet wasn't james harriet um but uh you just can't so i do dogs and cats principally now but yes uh even let me blow your mind some more because even beyond the species differences birds and reptiles and large animal and horses and all that kind of stuff understand um veterinarians also deal with um uh, food quality uh, uh food inspection um we deal in public health issues so for instance developing of vaccines oh, um and, and research um we are part of the um fda we are part of the usda we are involved in all aspects of society in so many ways that i don't think people quite appreciate You know, um, now not I'm not doing all of that myself, but amongst all of us, um, it, there's so much you can do in the in the field. It's it's quite incredible. Well, let's just say that I do admire you guys now, and uh, I mean I, <laughs> now. Like, no, what I mean is like before you, you always you always think about a vet as a like dog and cat, you know, doctor. But you, well, that's where you that's where clients, uh, you know, that's where you're familiar. That's that's where we touch, you know, touch each other in that. You don't talk to the USDA vet, you know. But what that what I mean is like now it dawned on me after. Well, I was never a pet person. I never wanted to like I mean, I couldn't even take care of myself back in the days. So mm -hmm. why would I have somebody like I said, you know, now we were kind of prepared for a dog and we were. Getting it took us a couple of years to get in the and the money wise mindset and uh, space wise and finding the right breed for the whole family. So that's why I don't think it ever dawned on me of saying, "Wow, you guys are have to study so much because it's just incredible the information and the knowledge you guys have to have." So you know, congrats on that and thank you. Well, I was a, I was a veterinarian in the army as well. Oh. So the, my first five years out of school, I was I was in the army as a veterinarian. Wow! Um, I'm telling so, you, is anything you don't do, man. Um, I I don't do anything with power tools. I'll tell you that. Um, 
All right. So where could people find those books for uh, that you were talking oh, so about? Any, any. Uh, so Amazon has the majority of my books, um, the vet school survival guides. Um, there's from the back row and uh, vet med spread. Those are the first two books that I did. The ones that I, uh, you know, are pretty much to help people enjoy vet school a little bit more. And then um, I have uh, two veterinary books called The Lighter Side of Veterinary Medicine. Um, I have a dog. Actually, you, you'd appreciate this. Cocker Spaniels are in this. Uh, the, I have a dog breed parody book. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's called The Incomplete Dog Book, Nothing You Ever Wanted to Know About Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so it has uh, cartoons in it as well. Everything I, ha I do has cartoons. And then, um, oh, gosh, there's, uh, I have two children's book. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, um, Cowabunga and Callie. Ah. -E. Callie's the newest one um, that I just put out this year. And then, um, then I. So those are all the the cartoon books. Nice. Um, oh no, oh, no, I have Menagerie also. I have Menagerie One and Menagerie Two, which are just animal books. They're not not veterinary in particular, but they have my sensibility. Um, but those can all be found on Amazon or or Books a Million or Barnes and Noble. And do you have a website? Um, uh, actually, where you can uh, find everything that I do is funnyvet.com. There you go. I yep. see it right now, so that's what I was asking. Uh, yep. So that's pretty cool, man. I mean, and then you also said that uh, you are a YouTuber, right? <laughs> yes, I have, I, have, I have skits on there and song parodies um, in my, my nominal, nominal way of being tech-savvy. Uh, I wish I could do a lot more on, on that end. And then uh, I also have a Cafe Press store um, where I have a lot of uh, original designs um, for, you know, both humorous, animal, veterinary. Um, but I almost have like 500 original designs on that as well. Wow, so, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm busy. I, I, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Now, <laughs> give me a second. Guess you poop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, hey, you gotta take care of that. What's up, guys? Jose de la Roca here, and I'm happy to announce that I have partnered up with Live Bearded to share with you all the amazing products that make my beard feel and look this good. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code de la Roca to get 10% off your order. Go check those guys out because they're amazing bearded guys just like I am. And they only have one mission, for the beer men to look, feel, and be their best. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code DELAROCA to get 10% off your order. That is DELAROCA, D-E-L-A-R-O-C-A. -E 500, wow, that's pretty cool. And, yeah. and how do all that started, by the way? Uh, it all did well because I'm restless, I think is why it started. Um, I have too much upstairs that this needs to come out of in some creative capacity. Um, again, I think a lot of it's just therapy and stuff like that. But uh, funny bet um, was actually uh, funny com was originally where I posted all my cartoons. And uh, now it's become a, a little bit of a smaller thing since I'm kind of moving the cartoons into book form and stuff like that. Um, but I, I do um, commissions as well. I do uh, both uh, pen and ink commissions and uh, I've done digital, uh, you know, illustrations. I'm not fantastic, but you know, I, I get by. Um, but for me, funny vet was always something, it, all I cared about with funny vet was to get something entertaining out there for the veterinary field. Because I just think that we need more humor in our field. We need to have some alleviation of, of those stressors that we deal with. Even if it's just, even the cartoons themselves are stressors because they acknowledge the stressors. Um, but, uh, so I've always been motivated in that way. Because, it, it, I mean, I don't know how else to help people, you know. And I think if I can do that, then I, that's, that's my motive in life. You know, basically. Um, and so this just has evolved over all these years of, of different things. Um, the. Uh, so, yeah, the, the 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 cartoons and all that kind of stuff are a repository of my mind, basically. 
I feel you, man. Like I have so many things going on in my mind too, and I'm always open that uh, um, I don't know if it's a mental health issue or something. I didn't have my <laughs> the best childhood uh, around, not the worst, of course. But mm -hmm. I always tell people that podcasting is like free therapy for me, and where wh whatever if I do a funny skit or I write something or I do a podcast, it's just it's one of those things that. It releases whatever I have in there or talking to right. you, somebody like that, you know, that I'm able to share what I, I've been going through with uh, a new puppy or with my son. Or if I talk to Andy about her problems, I think it's free therapy. So it's like you, sure. like you said, you know, it's like you need to release, especially if we release it in an artistic way. That's even better, you know, because not right. only you are helping yourself, but you also like like you said, if somebody you know, forgets about their problems for five seconds, 10 seconds, then you do your job, right? That's what I always tell people, whether like if I make a funny video or I write something or I do a podcast and I make you feel or forget about your problems for that little bit, I did my job, right? Right. See, uh, in the veterinary field specifically, but just probably in general, I think when we share things, we are opening up the discussion and other people see you know, so you'll you'll talk about something, a uh, situation, and someone will go, I've been in that situation. I didn't know anybody else had been in that situation. And and because I think a lot of times, since we all obviously live within our own brains, you know, we sit there and think, oh, these problems, these issues, these are the things I have to deal with. These are the things I, only I know about. And I think when we share things, people go, oh, there's other people like me. And look, they're mostly normal. <laughs> you know, and and I, I think it's important because it it's really relieves uh, anxiety, I think, to for us to acknowledge that, oh, wow, that's other people. Now, I don't I wish those other people weren't going through the same things I were. I, I am. But it helps kind of a communal, you know, uh, therapy, so to speak, to to appreciate each other that, hey, we're all flawed. We all have things we're dealing with. How are you dealing with it? I'm dealing with it this way. Oh, I deal with it this way. Well, that's kind of neat, you know. And I think it's, uh, I, I think it's neat that we can do that kind of a thing. And that's, you know, I, I because otherwise you're stuck in your own brain, and everything's terrible. And I think if we, you know, say, hey, no, I had those problems too. People go, oh, I'm, I must be normal also, you know, in our not normal way <laughs> i always tell people that i prefer to be open and tell people that i go through things than just to keep it to myself i i believe that if you know that you have things and you're going through things it's better to either express them in an artistic way or talk to somebody because it's better to let it all out than just right. to keep it yourself you know i i i, I always tell people You know, don't be afraid of the crazy one that's showing that he's crazy. Be afraid of the <laughs> quiet one that nobody knows he's crazy. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. So I always tell people, I, I, I'm okay telling people, hey, I may have some mental issues. Why do I always get, it? you know, anxiety just by whenever I get a phone call? I'm, you know, mm. that's not normal, but I, I actually know it's not normal. So mm. it's funny because when, when we were getting bluey, I had to get, a, a, um, you know, the, the letter, the emotional support animal letter. Yes. And I was like, ah, that's going to be easy. I just got to tell them who I am. And they're going to be like, yeah, this fucker <laughs> needs an animal. Uh, <laughs> no, you were already on our list. We wonder why you weren't calling. <laughs> oh, Jose, we, we, we've been waiting for you to call for, what, 15 years since you came to this country. Welcome. <laughs> The um, well, you know, it's interesting you talking about that because in the veterinary community, uh, there's been much more discussion uh, about mental health issues and things of that nature. Um, uh, one of the unfortunate things in our profession is um, we are unfortunately known for the highest suicide rate amongst uh, medical uh, professions. You know, so if you think about doctors and dentists and everybody else, um, Uh, unfortunately, our, our stressors are so much that, you know, that is an unfortunate outcome. Um, and there's a, a group, actually a lot of groups, but not one more vet is a, uh, a group that uh, uh, is a lot of veterinarians that come together to help each other and, you know, have resources um, to help people going through crisis and, you know, difficulties and things of that nature, as well as helping each other out just on an individual basis. 
Um, and that's my my uh, classmate, um, Dr. Sophia Yin, actually uh, committed suicide about seven years ago. And that's kind of when a lot of this started coming up more. I, I was already kind of aware of it just because, and that's honestly why I did the two books uh, for the pre-vets and the vet students, because I knew that that was there as an issue. Um, but it's really become much more to the forefront. And I, I'm glad people are, you know, uh, addressing it, you know, more than they used to. But yeah, so when you talk to your average veterinarian, trust me, there's a, they're under a lot of pressure. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I didn't know that, I, you know, but um, as a person who has, you know, mental problems or issues, which I'm open about it, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad there's more awareness because we yes. all go through things. And it's funny because, you know how, like, uh, especially in social media, when like older people tell younger people, like, oh, you don't know how good you have it. But I always tell people their problems are big problems any problems right you know your problem is a big problem because it's your problem you know what yep. I mean? unfortunately uh there's nothing i could do about it but it's i understand that your minimal problem it's a big problem for you you know so everybody just, goes through things you know sometimes just listening is enough yeah. you know it's just yeah i mean we have i don't have solutions for you but I'd be glad to listen to you. Yeah, I mean, you know? I really don't know the the feel like you do, but uh, another thing that dawned on me when I went to the vet uh, again, this was my first time going to a vet, and first time <laughs> like somebody came in, and I thought it was the doctor, so I was asking like a million questions, and then she <laughs> at some point she's like, "Oh, you could ask the doctor that," and I was like, "Wait, you're not the doctor?" She's like, "No, I'm just here to ask you a couple questions for this." I was like, "All right, cool, cool," but then. They put a Bluey on a like a desk type, mm -hmm. and then Bluey. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's unfortunately or fortunately, but mm -hmm. she thinks everybody's their friend. So she yep. like literally like she hears somebody outside. She wants me to pick her up and on the balcony so she could say hi and see them. Yep. Like she like every, every time somebody came into the room at the vet office, she was like, "Oh my god, you're the best!" Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> And then they put her on the on the desk and then they started petting her and she was like licking them and being so happy. And then that's when it dawned on me. You guys get all the dogs. <laughs> so all I'm like, I know there's some dogs out there that are not nice. I'm like, how the, yeah. how the, <laughs> and that's when I started feeling sorry about the vets. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Cause you know, there's some scary dogs out there and they still got to come to you guys so i was yeah. like all right well but yeah i mean yeah well thanks yeah there you yeah. go like if anybody <laughs> wants to know more it's just funnyvet.com funnyvet.com you know like you're doing great work i mean first of all thanks for everything that you have you know shared with us here and then uh, uh all the all the stuff the cartoonist and youtuber and you're also a dad right like you I, are a dad I, of uh, two wonderful girls so yeah. how old are they and like uh okay so they are um let's see i was at the back of my mouth uh 32 and 30. oh yes yeah so they're uh actually out of the house now no i'm kidding they've been out of the house for a while um, <laughs> um yeah no they're doing well um i think outside of the cartooning and all that other stuff um really they're the best things i've done in life you know, if, if, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I don't know how much they come with, you know what I'm saying? Kids, just kids in general, they come prepackaged. There's stuff in there. And then I think what we do as parents is we guide that package and we kind of go, this is good oh, over here. Maybe not so much, you know, maybe, maybe let's go this way. And I think, you know, they're, they're going to come out a certain way. And our, our goal is to just kind of guide them, hopefully, in, in, to emphasize their strengths and, you know, diminish the, you know, the, the weaknesses, so to speak. Um, because I, my girls are so different from each other, you know, but they're both great. You know, I mean, I feel fortunate. I almost feel like I can't take credit for it. You know, like, 
you know, because there's certain things that even now that were present when they were kids, when they were babies, when they were toddlers, I can still see certain things that were already there, you know, and, um, yeah, I, I'm, I think we're fortunate, um, that they turned out as well as they did, um, and have. Let me tell you about peanut crunch. These baked peanuts puffs are so delicious, my son and I cannot stop eating them. Seriously, we cannot stop. Peanut Crunch are a delicious and healthy peanut treat. They have the power of vegan peanut protein, rice, beans, and a wonderful crunch that keeps active kids and adults on the go. I came across Peanut Crunch when I was watching Shark Tank, and I just decided to help out a fellow Central American entrepreneur and buy his product, so I decided to get it, and when I got them, I found out how delicious these baked peanut puffs were, and I became hooked ever since. Go check them out at peanut.com, that is P-N-U-F-F.com, P-N-U-F-F.com, and use my promo code De La Roca, and you will get 10% off your order. I'm telling you guys, I cannot stop eating this great baked peanut puffs. Peanut Crunch, P-N-U-F-F dot com. That is P-N-U-F-F dot com. Promo code De La Roca. Look at you coming over here, dropping some knowledge. I think <laughs> what you just said just blew my mind that, you know, humans, we come prepackaged and we got to just hi- guide that package. Yes. Uh, that's one of the best co- uh, quotes I have heard about parenting because if you think about it um i always tell people this uh um you know i'm not the best dad i'm not the worst dad i'm just trying to be an okay dad but um all i could do is try and try my best and uh do it with love and care right yeah yes right my son could have a gene or a mental thing that could click at any point and he could become bad right Mm -hmm. but my job is to raise him well raise him the you know the proper way that i think is proper uh teach him my mistakes and hopefully he learns from my mistakes and you know just do my best as a caring loving parent but at some point you cannot fight nature right or a gene sure. or something like for example i had the alcoholic uh, gene i have the the, the 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 addiction gene so it's my yes. job to tell him hey i have this so make sure you know that your dad has it and your uncles have it so make sure mm-hmm. that you know this because you might have it and it could affect you in a way right that's my job right. as a as a dad because my right. dad never he was never there. He never told me, hey, you're going to have anxiety and you're going to have panic attacks and you're going to think you're crazy. And that's why you drink and you're going to almost destroy your life just like mm-hmm. I did. But this is the way of not doing it. Right. Right. I wish right. you could have so- told me that or but that's my responsibility to prevent that for my son and tell him, hey, this is what not to do. If you decide to do it, well, there's nothing I could do. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way you're saying it right because right you know they come packaged it's, it's just our job to guide that package the right way so yeah as best we can i mean we we, we have a, a finite set of tools and those tools we either bought on our own and put them in there or we um uh our leftover tools from our parents or um honestly and sometimes the we threw out some tools that our parents, you know, use that maybe don't work for us. You know, um, you know, sometimes what we get from our parents and, um, is what not to do, you know, um, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, I, I like what you did there, but over here, maybe not so much. You know, my dad was a workaholic alcoholic. Uh, I mean, he had all the holics. He had, you know, uh, he, he, uh, and he was, he was a nervous wreck and, uh, I feel for him. Um, you know, I, I think he was dealing with a lot of internal, uh, issues and, um, he actually turned his life around in a religious sense. Um, and it was very strange for me because you get used to 
a dad who's a certain way. You know, I was kind of used to dad, maybe not being all around. Maybe, you know, he's, if he is around, he's been drinking a lot. And I think my dad always tried. I, I think he tried for what he had, you know, what he, he, I think he always cared. Um, it's just that he didn't have the, the tools in his own box, you know, to, to maybe be uh, as he, he did the best he could. Um, but uh, what was strange though, when he went from that dad, I was used to up until my twenties, you know, through my twenties. Um, and then he, be he became a different person. I mean, literally like a light switch. And it was so strange because uh, up until the time he passed, I never got used to that person. And not a per that was a so-called better person. He was not the workaholic. He was not the alcoholic. He was he was involved with Al-Anon and Alateen and uh, you know AA and, and all those all those things. He was trying to put he was trying to put a spin on those things that he's learned, you know, to try to help others. Um, and but he was such a different person. I, I never adjusted to that person. It was so strange. And it, I hate admitting that, but it was true. It was just, uh, it, he was like a stranger, like somebody you just met because he was so different from what he was, though he was a better person for it, you know? Well, uh, I kind of have the same thing with my mom. Uh, my mom, um, better than my dad. She was there, uh, but she really wasn't. Uh, she was still struggling with her demons, and she gave me a roof. She gave me food and clothing, and she did her best. We had great moments. We had bad moments. We had really good moments. We had really bad moments. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, let's just keep it as that. Uh, sure. I, I come to this country, and I know uh, my mom, and she decides to come here to help me out because um, my brother was a resident, so my brother got her residency. She became she had to come here so she could become a citizen. And that's how I got my 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 residency and finally became a citizen a couple of years ago. But Where are you she, from? Guatemala. Oh, OK. So that's how everything happened. But when she came to this country, she was, like you said, a totally different person. So it's one of those things that I tell my girl that I like, I tell her I want to do everything right now and put it, and I'm going to be the opposite, where, like, my son turns 18, I open the door and be like, get the fuck out of my house, right? Like, <laughs> but right now, I will do everything. I will sacrifice everything I have and to do everything for him and everything, right? Now, when my mom was kind of different, like, she comes to uh, to the States to live with us, and she wants to wash my clothes out of nowhere. And I got mad. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I want to wash your clothes. And I'm like, <laughs> you never did that. So let uh -huh. me do it because I know how to do it. And I've been doing it for years. And don't right. just come here all religious and now want to be a mom, you know, mm -hmm. like your typical mom. Right. And I still not OK with that because uh, she went religious so bad and mm. not the good way, like the imposing <laughs> way. Like the impose religious one where yeah, yeah. I had to have issues with her. I had to tell her stop. I had to tell yeah. her don't put that stuff on me because yes. and I always tell her like I always tell people like if your religion makes you better, that's mm -hmm. actually what I want. But don't sure. put it on me. Right. And don't come. My mom says always, always this. She's I do something good and she's like, thank God. And I'm like, nope, thank me. <laughs> and, you know, like I didn't ask her to say thank God. Right. Mm -hmm, right. So if she's telling me to thank somebody that I don't believe, then mm -hmm. I have the right to tell her, no, I right. did that because I believe in myself. I love myself and I want to do better. Right. So thank me. Right. who did those actions so n don't come in now all religious and thank somebody else for everything that right. i've been trying to focus and fight for and uh, struggle so that's my issue right now and i don't know if he relates to yours but she yeah. became she became like like this like you know and now it's like 
I had to tell her stop because I had to literally block her on WhatsApp because she was just wow. like too much. Like uh -huh. Jesus, like Jesus, really, like <laughs> wow. So I kind of relate with you right there. You, you have to, you have to get her to uh, say thank Jose. <laughs> you got a trainer. <laughs> uh, that's actually pretty funny. Um, it, <laughs> Uh, it's been a delight. Uh, 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 I'm actually happy that you came. You helped us in yeah. many, many ways. You helped me in many, many ways. Blue is actually right. sleeping under the couch, I hope. I hope she's not biting because she's not supposed to do that. Uh, right. But before we go, anything lastly that you want to talk about? Okay. You want to give a shout out to somebody special or just tell us where people can find your stuff? Yeah, uh, well, uh, all of my stuff is available on funnybet.com. Uh, they'll have links to all my books. I actually put out uh, my first work of uh, fiction, uh, 10 short stories in a collection. Uh, that's the newest thing I've, I've done. Uh, it's always been in my head to do it, um, but I ended up having an opportunity. And uh, that book is called Some, um, Something for Everyone. And it has that title because there's a love story, there's a sci-fi story, there's fantasy there's a horror story all all in because again i'm easily bored so i i i just just dump that out into a word form instead of cartoon i'm actually working on another short story collection right now and uh a full-length novel um which should be out next year those those, those two should be out next year so so funny though, yeah, uh, I'm, i'm staying busy Funnyvet.com, funnyvet.com. I gotta tell you, I'm very happy that you came. I'm very happy to um, that you know we connected, that you reached out. I, I actually started reaching out to people if they wanted to be uh, a guest in my other podcast. It's about entrepreneurship. But after reading your bio and everything, I said I had to have this guy in my uh, in my personal and my number one podcast, which is this one, Dad Without a Dad, because. Everything that you're doing is amazing. I mean, not only you relate to what I'm going through, you gave us some advice. And let me just give you an advice. Talk more about yourself because you, there's so much there and there's so much greatness there. So, uh, you know, reach out to people and tell them who you are and what you're doing because you're doing great. Uh, so thank you very much for stopping by. And lastly, where could people follow you? Uh, well, I, I am on Facebook. Uh, it's uh, funnyvet.com. Uh, uh, the YouTube uh, channel is funnyvet.com. If you just type in funnyvet.com, you'll find all my uh, stuff. Uh, Cafe Press is cafepress.com backslash funnyvet. You're sensing a theme here. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, uh, and uh, you can actually uh, contact me for commissions through my funnyvet.com website. Well, there you go. Funny. Well, I'm, I'm I'm also at uh, Dean at Tuneful. There you go. Funnyvet.com, yeah. funnyvet.com. Dean, thank you very much. Have a thank wonderful you. day. And you guys have been listening to Dad Without a Dad. My name is Jose, Jose de la Roca. Until next time, goodbye.